0: Hello, friends. Welcome to Kirk Your Enthusiasm. I'm joined by Fred Katz of The Athletic, who is currently the New York Knicks beat reporter. But I met Fred Katz several years ago at Summer League. I'd never met him before. And he sits down next to me, and it's days after DeAndre Jordan had stood up the Mavericks. And you sat down next to me, and you offered out your hand. And at that point, you were uh, working with... uh, You were doing some Clipper blog stuff for True Hoop, uh, mm-hmm. And just kind of cackling at me, um, that and and that was how we met because that was you know anybody who remembers the the DeAndre Jordan saga it was like eleven hours of me staring at my computer refreshing and everybody was just you know it was just a great day in NBA social media history. Well, the last six to, to you know kind of the the last week or so is is approaching that level of sort of just absurdity, and it seems that Jalen Brunson has all but officially signed with the New York Knicks. And I had asked Fred on the show yesterday and, and we've had a lot change in, in less than like 16 hours. So Fred, how are you? First of all,
1: I'm great. I'm honored that I just like show up in all of the lowest points of your Mavs free. Agency I, I, that's what I'm
0: saying. Like, but... I, I can't talk to you. Like, <laughs> or, or wherever you go in your job next, like, like say you happen to just take a job with the Miami heat in 2025. And then Luka Doncic is going to sign there as I've been I... joking. Um, but you it... know what, we'll
1: have a great podcast about it. <laughs> so
0: I, I... I have like the, the first question that I wanted to ask you, is, and this was since really the same question that I had yesterday. Tim Cato sort of clarified this that the Mavericks had known about like that this was a D, de- like going on and becoming in it more and more likely for several weeks. Whereas, me kind of on the fan side of things, this has been three to four days of evolving stories. From your angle of things, if I'm understanding correctly, this has been the Knicks plan for a long time. But at what point was there real traction for the Knicks? Has it really been since before the season ended? Or is this sort of a a recent, you know, come together between, like, the amount of money they're willing to pay and just, you know, the situation in general?
1: I mean, I think it depends on how you define traction, right? Like, there were reports during the season of, like, the Knicks really want Jalen Brunson. And, and, you know, uh, you know, you know, like the personal connections, like, I think you could argue there was traction for the Knicks in, you know, 20 some odd years ago when Rick Brunson became Leon Rose's first, first client, when Mm -hmm. Leon Rose was an agent at CAA and he's now running the Knicks. I mean, this has built up for many, many, many years. You know, Leon Rose has known Jalen Brunson since he was a very, very little kid. Tom Thibodeau has known Jalen Brunson since he was a very, very little kid. You know, Jalen Brunson's dad, Rick Brunson, was the, played for Tibbs when Tibbs was an assistant in New York, was an assistant for Tibbs when Tibbs was the head coach in Chicago, was an assistant for Tibbs when Tibbs was the head coach in Minnesota. And I think there's just been levels of buildup. I think the Knicks were, on top of it all, from a basketball perspective, I think it's very clear the Knicks were dissatisfied with the point guards that they went through last season with. They, they were 25th in points per possession by the end of the year. They were last in the NBA in assists at the end of the year. And if you just watch it, I mean, I think that actually is a a more generous assessment than the eye test would tell you because they were just disorganized offensively. They were so slow getting into their sets offensively. Mm -hmm. Kemba Walker did not look like the version of Kemba Walker that we've come to know for so many years. And they were playing Alec Burks, who is totally a good rotation player like Alec Burks, can be a good rotation player on a winning team, but he's not a point guard. He's a wing. And they were playing him there. And I think we've just seen steps. It was they're interested and they have the connections. And then it was, ooh, they're interested and they really need a point guard now. And then it was they're interested and they really need a point guard now and then it just kind of goes you know a month ago they hire Rick Brunson to their assistant coaching staff he's now been an assistant for Tibbs in every single head head coaching stop Tibbs has been at uh and and it just kind of grows you know even at that playoff game like you know the Knicks brass shows up sitting sitting right next to the court in that that Dallas Utah first round series and a lot of the reaction publicly is Oh, they're just there looking at Donovan Mitchell. The Knicks have wanted to be players for Donovan Mitchell. But guess who else is playing in that game? Guess who else the Knicks are trying to be players for this summer? So I think it builds a lot. And uh, you know, people talk about the connections from the Knicks side as well. But from what I gather, it sounds like the connections from Jalen Brunson's side. You know, obviously those same connections, just going to people who he knows, uh, is uh I think it absolutely has played a factor in all of this, uh, and they make the steps. They 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 drop Kemba Walker on draft night. Okay, they're a little bit closer. You knew that that's when they had a really good idea that they were going to be getting Jalen Brunson. You don't make those moves if if you don't have a good idea. And then they make the moves last night, and you're like, okay, they're they're totally certain this is happening
0: so what in the world, I, I saw some things on the internet, not necessarily a reliable place of people. My favorite is like tweets that are like transcribing other people's podcasts. And then all of a sudden they like blow up and it's like, I saw something to the effect that, that uh, I don't even know what show is on. Cause you did like five, five hits yesterday um, where the Mavericks were apparently very pissed at that, that playoff thing. Yeah. Very
1: frustrated. I said, why, yeah.
0: why, what are they mad at?
1: They weren't the only ones. That, that annoyed a lot. Oh yeah. There were, there were people, I think people thought it was, what's the proper wording? Unbecoming. Mm. Off-putting. There were people totally uninvolved in that situation who commented on it to me. Just like totally uninvolved teams, not with Utah, not with the Knicks, not with Dallas, have no interest in Donovan Mitchell, have no interest in Jalen Brunson. There, there were there were people, and not not random to the side people. Like you know, people. I mean, there were there were some people really high up in in front offices, very well respected people around the league who just found it found it off putting. Um, I'm trying you know, to figure I, I out just,
0: what's like like I'm a pretty competitive person. Anybody that covers sports probably was at one point in their life. I'm trying to figure out what about this would be unbecoming because it's it's here, like a, it, go ahead.
1: Here's the best way I can describe it. Um, everyone in the league tampers <laughs> right that's where the- <laughs> we know that but I think okay did you watch did you watch the wire Hell this yeah, might yeah. be a bad analogy because I don't know if the listeners have watched the wire there's a character in the wire Omar and I won't blow anything for people who want to watch it but there's a character in the wire Omar who has who has killed many people But Omar has an ethical code to the types of people he will kill. And if you kill an innocent person, Omar will be just as upset about that murder as you or I would be, even though Omar has killed various people and been involved with various illegal Mm -hmm. happenings. He has a code. His Mm -hmm. code, it's what makes him a, a phenomenal one of the greatest characters in the history of television one of the most complex characters in the history of television he has a code he is a murderer who doesn't condone all types of murdering and i think tampering is a little bit like omar i think a lot of people feel the way of like yeah everyone tampers but there's a way to tamper and there's a way to not tamper and you don't do it in the daylight Mm. and 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 i think uh that plays a big part of it because there are just there are a lot of people in the league who who are who are paranoid about tampering from that from that end and the fact that by the way <laughs> we know all of this and we're recording this at eleven fifteen a.m. Eastern time what what what's thirty one ish hours before free agency begins and we're talking about Jalen Brunson to the mat, to the Knicks yep. like oh, all right well that's this happening would never happen if David
0: if david stern was still alive this just wouldn't be a thing i mean it's it's a it's a different nba but i guess yeah, well that the makes
1: league somewhat the league somewhat said you know what who cares go for it when they did a really long investigation into the lonzo ball stuff and came away with like just kind of a, a small slap on the wrist and teams are just going to say well if we get penalty if that's the precedent if we get a penalty for tampering i'd rather lock in the guy i know i'm gonna get and just lose like a second round pick they already traded six second round picks to clear room what's a seventh you not know truth so really? so uh so you know i think i think the the league to some degree has incentivized it which is not necessarily a bad thing if they don't care i just find it disingenuous if the league says that like they care very strongly about tampering you know and uh mm. You know, we'll see. I mean, uh, t- uh, uh, an organization has to actually file tampering charges for somebody to to actually get uh, you know penalized for tampering. If nobody files a- official tampering charges, then it won't matter. The Knicks won't get get anything for tampering anyway. And, and, and as you very well know, if the Navs don't file tampering charges, it would be very, very, very far from the the first deal that came out of tampering in which there was no tampering penalty for it's just kind of it's just kind of the way the league goes now
0: yeah and reading in between the lines of your colleague and my former colleague tim cato's report it feels like the mavericks are considering it but if i was to guess it's a non-starter because there's it's like you said that the that they were doing it so out in the open is one thing but then there's like the family parties involved like how are you proving tampering between family members like what?
1: yeah <laughs> yeah people are like people are like the knicks the knicks can uh you know they have a great back channel to jalen brunson it's Like, mm-hmm. no they don't they have a great front
0: channel. front <laughs> what's <laughs> the nba gonna this do come guy. through and say you can't talk to your dad i mean I do think we're gonna like like I think the most surprising and, and one element... of his
1: reps at CAA is Liam Rose's son.
0: Mm-hmm. So, what Liam Rose can't talk to his son, Jalen
1: Brunson can't talk to his dad.
0: Right, not it's it's a non-starter. So uh, I think the most surprising element for Mavs fans is is Rick Brunson's inclusion in all of this because he's sort of been very Levar Ball ish with his. You know, he, he gave some incredible statements to uh Tim McMahon, and I feel that the Mavericks personally are getting worked to death on the PR side where they're talking about how the Mavericks didn't offer Brunson a four for $55 million extension. I can do math. I watch basketball. Jalen Brunson, by, J- by December 10th of this past season, he was playing so well, there was no way he would have accepted a four for $55 million extension because his buddy – Dorian Finney-Smith accepted an extension like two hours after the trade deadline ended. Um, it was never offered because it was, if, if it was never offered, in my opinion, it was never offered because it would have been insulting and he would have turned it down. Um, I, 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 it's, it's a, it's a great Pete. Like it, if you, if you're really into this stuff, it's a wonderful, he said, she said story where there's simple, where the Mavericks are just getting bodied. All over the place, and there's simply no vent. Like I tend to want to crush the the Mavericks because I'm just a combative uh fan and analyst, and I'm almost to the point now where it feels like from from what I've I've the pieces, it sounds like this was close. We didn't understand this as Mavs fans that this was was a real possibility instead of a like the next the Knicks making a real pitch. This was already something that was trending that direction even before. Jalen Brunson blew up in the playoffs and had a great game. And I, it sort of is what it is. I I've, I'm really glad to not process this the way I processed Deandre Jordan, um, which was like in real time and being upset. Whereas everyone else's stories this week, you know, when I talked to Jake about this, Jake Fisher, a uh, bleacher report, he was told bad information and then had to walk it all back. And so it's like if if that story never came out that oh Brunson is telling teammates that he's this is a done deal. I think that the narrative feeling, at least for Mavericks fans, is very different because we went from being very excited to being very sad. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so on the Knicks side of things, I get the feeling from hearing you on multiple shows that you're kind of confused about how much this actually helps the Knicks because I I, I don't I like Jalen, but. Three Me lefties. Too. I
1: voted him. I voted him. I, I had a vote for six man of the year in 2020, mm-hmm. 2021, And I, I put him third on my six man of the
0: year ballot. I think he's, he's a really good player. He's really good. But is Nate Duncan had a, had a tweet last night that a lot of the places he likes to operate are similar places that, that Randall and RJ Barrett likes to operate. It's really fun to have like a all lefty triple option. But you're, if you're still, you know, there's only so many angles that guys can attack from. So it's like, is this sort of a, a mislabeled basketball fit? Are expectations way out of whack here? What do you think?
1: So to me, it's not even just the the spaces that he likes to operate. It's it's actually the speed at which he likes to operate too, because as as you and I'm sure all of your listeners know, like Jalen Brunson is it he's excellent inside the three-point arc i mean he was like 55 percent on twos last year and he's so skilled but with jalen brunson it's not like there's some guys who are great inside the three-point arc like rj barrett for example likes to operate inside the arc now like after the calendar turned to 2022 he took the third most shots at the rim of any player in the nba the only two players shots? not a ton of them but he's really good at getting there I mean, I genuinely don't say that with jest. I really don't mean that as a criticism. He was 21 years old and sure. he, he identified, you know what? I'm uh, my jump shot is not as good as it should be, but I'm really strong and I'm really good at absorbing contact and I'm going to get to the line a ton. And the only two players, he made a conscious decision on new year's Eve. He sent a text to his trainer saying, I'm over missing these jump shots. I'm just going to the rim every time. And I think the self-awareness of that in a 21-year-old is actually extremely impressive. Uh, After that text that he sent to his trainer, only LeBron James and Giannis took more shots per game at the rim. And he got to the free throw line like seven or eight times a game, which is a fantastic number for a 21-year-old. Normally, guys that age are not getting to the line so often. And he was not efficient last year because the numbers at the rim were not at all where you want them to be. But I think that's that's a great first step. But with RJ going to the rim, the way he gets there is he puts his head down and he says, I am stronger than you. And so I am going to push you to wherever I want to push you. And he does it. He's quite good at it. With Jalen Brunson, he's like, I don't know, he's more like like a like a Shea Gilgis Alexander, where it's like he's he's got a million different moves and he takes a little time to get them off. And he's going to deke you like I described him on Twitter yesterday as as rinky dink. Like he's he's going to deke you and he's going to fool you and he's going to create space with kind of his smarts and his skill. It takes an extra split second to be able to get off all the moves that he wants. And and guys can collapse in off of Julius Randle. They can collapse in off of R.J. Barrett. And we'll see what happens with Mitchell Robinson. He's a restri- he's an unrestricted free agent when free agency starts next year. But I think it's plausible the Knicks bring Mitchell Robinson back. And I also think it's plausible that if you go through all the advanced metrics and the tracking cameras and all that, and you find some advanced stat that says which player in the NBA spends the highest percentage of his time on offense in the paint, I think it's possible number one might be Mitchell Robinson because the Knicks use him. He he Other than dribble handoffs, He really doesn't do anything outside of the paint. And the Knicks use him as a really, really aggressive offensive rebounder. So it's just going to be a different experience. And I'm not saying Jalen Brunson is not going to be able to do it. I think good players are able to adapt, but it's going to be different than playing with say Maxi Kleba, where he can play with four shooters around him, or even with three shooters around him, because playing with one shooter around you is a very, very different sort of thing. And we'll see, I mean, look, free agency hasn't even started yet. Knicks might have other complimentary moves, which is why I'm not all the way in on that point yet. Cause for all we know, they make some sort of shocking trade or Mitchell Robinson doesn't come back or they get miles Turner. And now all of a sudden, like that offense looks different or maybe RJ Barrett's shot develops, you know, he sure. gets praised for having a notoriously great work ethic. So yes. there are a lot of variables. So we'll, we'll see how it goes, but I do generally agree with that observation.
0: I, I, I really grew to, I I had kind of a 180 on Brunson to where I didn't understand that Rick Car- Carlisle had essentially told him his role is to score, not to playmake. Because there were instances the past, the the in the previous two seasons before this this one we just finished, where Brunson like wouldn't pass to wide open Chris Zingis, like wild stuff where it's like he's either blind or he's doing something, you know, because he's told a certain thing. And he really opened up his playmaking this year. I still don't think he's he's a traditional point guard. He's he's a score first guy. I'm gonna be very interested to see how the Knicks use him. He's a lot of fun to watch. That much I think that, that Knicks fans will get a real kick out of his footwork and because there's nobody really plays like him uh in the league, in my opinion. He's he's kind of he he said something on I want to say it was like JJ Reddick's podcast that he was a power forward in high school and so he you know he has all these ball skills of course because of his father and how he worked but he had to play in the post a lot and it really comes off it's such herky-jerky weird stuff well this has been this has been what I had uh, what I'd hoped for I don't want to take up too much of your time because you're a you're a busy busy man um I I think I will see you in Las Vegas when I'm out there Definitely. But um yeah, uh, you enjoy uh, and and try to get through free agency without uh, losing your mind. It sounds like you at least will have a fair amount, and and you know I can say this is a mad specific show, so New York people aren't going to hear it. It it's sometimes it's nice to get new guys to write about new things because it's like in an eighty two game season, you you kind of. Like Tim, I, I laugh with Tim about this all the time. It's like at a certain point, it's like, well, what else am I gonna write? Like there's nothing else going on. So it's like totally. it's also real-
1: nice to have new guys to ask them new questions. You know, I I was saying this to someone the other day. Like fans, a common critique from fan from any fan base of any group of beat writers is they just ask the same questions after every yep. game. And you know what? Sometimes fans are Right. Sometimes it's sixty-three games into a long, difficult season, and you you ask a question. You're like, "Wait, have I asked that
0: three? Yeah, you give me all to talk about.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we're not perfect. Sometimes right. they're right, and so <laughs>
0: and, I, I think you'll enjoy. So it's Conrad nice Johnson. to have
1: new guys. You can ask new questions and learn new things and. That's fun. I, Makes like I, fun. I do
0: think you're going to enjoy covering Brunson. The way he seems to view the game is very, he's a very cerebral player because he's had to be because of his size and so it's a you're you're gonna get. Also you're grew up in a basketball get family.
1: A lot mm-hmm. of guys who grow up in basketball families are like that.
0: Well, it just he's he's such a different person than his father because his father is essentially a wrestling promoter at this point with some of the things that he's saying. It's it's incredible stuff where he's, you know, they're gonna have to pay up. It's it's, it's it just it gives me you know. uh, well, it, he it wasn't wrong on guys. that front. No, no. And that's generational money is what I keep telling people. You don't walk away. You don't, you don't turn down generational money after coming from an undrafted player family, like professional basketball player, or not Rick Brunson ground out every bit of his existence. And it's now it's, it's paying off in a big way with the sun. Well, guys, you can follow Fred Katz at the athletic. He does. What's the podcast name? You go there. I listen to it. I just can't remember what it's called. It's in my feed.
1: I, I do the tampering podcast over on the athletic NBA show, uh, Tuesday, <laughs> a tampering podcast that's right yep
0: that's great if man. you well, can't see,
1: you can't see on video but as soon as i said tampering I just started <laughs> cracking up as if wow that's poetic that's, that's great
0: <laughs> well and you can read fred's fred's work at the athletic if you don't subscribe to the athletic you should absolutely do so it is worth the money Every single year I pay for it, not to mention that the the simple fact that those damn pages don't have ads, which is glorious. Um, Thanks, Fred. I will, you know, maybe we'll uh, talk during the season, but it's often very hard. Otherwise, I will see you in Vegas. You have a good day. All right. Thanks for
1: having me.